I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 93 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the dogs of war. President Trump has certainly been on the hot seat over the last week or so after he fired FBI Director Comey and all of the swirling allegations about Russian connections and uh, the possibility that the administration is interfering in a FBI investigation into the administration and all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't really know a whole lot of the details about what's going on. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know I don't pay much attention to the goings-on inside the Beltway because, well, I really don't care uh, other than the sheer entertainment value of watching the political talking heads on both sides of the political aisle explode. That is entertaining, but in terms of actually really meaning anything, uh, whatever. But... uh, Trump certainly has, like I said, he certainly has been on the hot seat, a lot of pressure coming down on him. And and so I made the comment kind of tongue-in-cheek on my Facebook page today that, uh, you know, with all of the pressure, it's time for President Trump to bomb something. Now, the reason I made this comment, really, is because the only time that the country has been behind President Trump in mass was when he lobbed cruise missiles at Syria. You know, the the press praised him. Even the left were pleased that he launched cruise missiles to punish Assad. So, you know, apparently that's one way that Trump can get, uh, you know, everybody behind him. He can bomb something. And, you know, of course, this has been, uh, this isn't exclusive to Trump. We've seen this with a lot of presidents. You know, Clinton, Clinton famously bombed an aspirin factory to uh, divert attention from his misdeeds. So... You know, I thought it was kind of funny, but apparently somebody in the Trump administration is reading my Facebook. And guys, I promise, I really did not mean this as a suggestion. But I kid you not, just a few hours after I posted this on Facebook, I find this article on the CBS News website. This is the opening paragraph. The U.S. sent aircraft to strike Syrian regime vehicles on Thursday that violated a deconfliction zone set up around Al-Tanf, an army base where special forces are training Syrian militias. So lo and behold, Trump actually took my suggestion and bombed something. 
Unfortunately, I don't think this is going to work out very well for him because from what I'm seeing on my news feeds, I don't think that this particular bombing is going to get very big headlines. And, you know, he needs big headlines, bigly. He needs bigly headlines to get Comey out of the news cycle. So I guess he's going to have to find something bigger to bomb. Okay, yes, I am being flippant, and I honestly don't believe that Trump ordered this particular airstrike to, uh, as I suggest, take uh, attention away from his problems. But, you know, it would not be unprecedented. Like I said, we had Bill Clinton famously bombing an aspirin factory during the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And, you know, through the years, presidents have found that by starting wars, by engaging in military conflict, they're able to raise their stature and increase their uh, position in the polls. You know, uh, the, uh, the first George Bush, he, uh, he made his great claim to fame by liberating Kuwait and uh, Bush too. You know, he invaded Iraq, and at least at the time, that was extremely popular. His, his uh, poll numbers went way up. Wars are good for presidents. In fact, war is good for the state in general. As Randolph Bourne wrote in his amazing essay, war is the health of the state. And if you've never read this essay, I really encourage you to do it because it's really eye-opening. I will link to it in the show notes page. I want to read a passage, though, that really gets to the heart of why presidents benefit from military action. Uh, This is what Bourne wrote. The moment war is declared, the mass of the people, through some spiritual alchemy, become convinced that they have willed and executed the deed themselves. They then, with the exception of a few malcontents, proceed to allow themselves to be regimented, coerced, deranged in all the environments of their lives, and turned into a solid manufactory of destruction toward whatever other people may have in the appointed scheme of things come within range of the government's disapprobation. The citizen throws off his contempt and the indifference to government, identifies himself with its purposes, revives all his military memories and symbols, and the state once more walks an august presence through the imaginations of men. Patriotism becomes the dominant feeling and produces immediately that intense and hopeless confusion between the relations which the individual bears and should bear toward the society of which he is a part. So once military action is taken, people almost always get behind it. They almost always support it. Patriotism rises up. It's, it's war fever. It's almost like Bourne said, it's, it's this weird spiritual thing that happens. And presidents know this. People in politics know this. They know that they can harness the power of war for their own personal power and benefit. It is truly the health of the state. James Madison understood this, and he warned us about war. He said, of all the enemies to public liberty, war is perhaps the most to be dreaded because it comprises and develops the germ of every other. War is the parent of armies. From these proceed debts and taxes, and armies and debts and taxes are the known instruments for bringing the many under the dominion of the few. Madison went on and talked about the powers of the executive and how they expand and extend during a state of war. No wonder presidents like 
war. It expands their power. And he, he ended this passage by saying, no nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of continual warfare. So this is why war powers, constitutional war powers, are so important. And I've talked about this on a couple of other episodes, and I've written about it, but I cannot say it enough. We need to follow constitutional war powers because it limits the power of the president. The president was never intended to be able to just run off and bomb people. If we followed constitutional war powers, we wouldn't have to worry about presidents, you know, getting us into stupid military actions in order to divert attention from whatever whatever garbage they're dealing with domestically. If we followed the Constitution, Congress would have to approve every military action. Madison wrote, the Constitution supposes what the history of all governments demonstrate, that the executive is the branch of power most interested in war and most prone to it. It has accordingly, with studied care, vested the question of war in the legislature. So when I suggested that President Trump should bomb something in order to get Comey off the top of the news cycle, I was being somewhat facetious and trying to be funny. But I'm really trying to make a much deeper point. And that is the fact that the president will abuse war powers if he has them, and they should be limited. As Thomas Jefferson said, the Constitution does that. It provides one effectual check to the dog of war by transferring the power of letting him loose from the executive to the legislative body. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at 10th amendmentcenter.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do it at iTunes for free. I appreciate you listening to the show, and I'll talk to you again next week.